wonderful to hear what the Gideons did up there. Yes, it's so wonderful. And uh, I heard a wonderful story of uh, somebody. Uh, I was once invited with the Gideons. They had a dinner. And so somebody told a story about someone who was um, going into a telephone booth. And he wanted to uh, do something with a telephone and so on. And uh, he found a tractor, a New Testament there. And he took it and he found the Lord through the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So may the Lord bless these wonderful Gideons who have their light shining. Hallelujah. And so uh, I was once at a, at a doctor's practice and so I was waiting there and there are all these magazines and so stuff like that. And there was also a Bible. And I read in the Bible and I thought, well, all the magazines were on top of the Bible. And I thought when I put the Bible back, I put it on top of all the magazines. <laughs> Hallelujah. That the Bible should be seen the first to be read. Hallelujah. Okay, this morning I'm going to preach uh, a, uh, part 14, Jesus in the books or the book of Acts. And I'm going to talk this morning, we have heard the name Paul so often in a testimony and also in a different way. I want to talk about Saul, a chosen instrument. So at, at that um, time he was still Saul. And we read in Acts chapter 9, the verses 1 due to 19. Hallelujah. Okay, now Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from them to the synagogues at Damascus, so that he found any belonging to the way. We know what it means by now, belonging to the way, yes? That means belonging to the church, and so on. Okay, so where was I now here? Verse, verse 2, yeah. Ah, yes, well, I had it already. Now verse 3. And he was threatening, it happened, or when he was traveling, it happened, that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and it will be told you what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. And leading him by the hand, they brought him into Damascus. 
And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Hallelujah. For he is praying. Don't forget this. And as and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done or he did to your saints at Jerusalem. And he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. For I show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house and after laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. And he returned his, and he regained his sight. And he got up and was baptized. And he took food and was strengthened. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. And we thank you this morning, Lord, that we are able to come together as your people worship you. And I thank the Lord that you will bless us also this morning through your wonderful word. I pray, Lord, give grace to speak your word. Give grace also to believe in your word. And give grace also to act upon your word. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now Saul witnessed the stoning of a servant of God. And he saw him, and there was Stephen. And we read about that Saul hardly, that actually with all of his heart, he in, uh, encouraged this stoning. And he was for it. It looked like that Saul, as he was there in Jerusalem, was determined to stop the church, to put the church away because he was a very, very uh, dedicated man in Judaism. And the Bible says about when he spoke about himself in Galatians chapter 1 verse 13. For you have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church and church of God beyond measure and tried 
to destroy it. He was determined, but God has a plan. We never must be in any way um, scared if we see opposition, and the church saw opposition here. A young man was uh, stoned, and there was another one, and there was Saul. God raised him up, and Saul was so-called in the Judaism a rising star. Everybody heard about him. And he had a good teacher, and his teacher was Gamaliel. He was quickly also involved somehow in the Sanhedrin, in the council. And his eagerness, he was eager for God. He was eager for uh, the law. And he couldn't allow it that any other teaching would come into Judaism. Now, his name is called Saul from Tarsus. Now, it's interesting. His parents gave him the name Saul. And probably they named him after the first king in Israel. Who was the first king in Israel? Saul. And very interesting. And he was also from the tribe of Benjamin. As the Saul in the Old Testament, so the Saul in the New Testament. A tri- uh, 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 from the tribe of Benjamin. And we see some parallels from the soul in the Old Testament, King Saul, and the soul in the New Testament. Very interesting. The soul of the Old Testament, he was also, as I said, from a tribe of Benjamin. And he had a problem because with David, who was supposed to come and be king. And he was persecuting David his whole life. He was persecuting. And we know the Lord has blessed David. And also we know that Saul in the Old Testament, he had encounters with the Lord. And we read there in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 9. And it says, Then it happened when he turned his back to leave Samuel. God changed his heart. And all those signs came about on that day. So God had uh, once changed the heart of Saul. And um, we, we could think, well, Saul will now stop persecuting uh, David. But he didn't. But he lost his crown. He lost his crown, and we read in First Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, But now your kingdom, and that's what Samuel said to him in the... Uh, from the Lord, the word from the Lord. But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought after for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded you. Saul in the Old Testament, he had a great perspective And he was the king, the first king in Israel. But the things he did, he did not do the things God told him. That's why his kingdom and his crown was taken away from him. Now, the soul in the New Testament, this soul fought Jesus, the son of David. 
You understand it? A parallel. He was also against Jesus, the son of David. The Old Testament Saul fought against David. And now he was the son of David, Jesus Christ. And we know even more who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. Now what happened here was this. He was, when we see it, Saul, he was like a, a, an animal ravaging against the church. And these words you read out about him. Now Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. This was, was his situation. The Lord saw him. And he was a threat to the church. But Jesus is in control. And he has said, I will build my church and even the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. Hallelujah. Where God is starting his church, there is God on his church's side. Hallelujah. Don't fear anything. And even if you would have so many opposition against you, doesn't matter. Even if another soul would come up and fight the church. But God has his ways with these kinds of ravenous wolves. And very interesting. We should know that. And that's the interesting thing with the Bible. You know, Jacob, he had 12 sons. And he had one son, was the name of Benjamin. And the beloved son, Joseph was the first. But Benjamin, he liked him too. And interesting, when Jacob came to the end of his life, he blessed all his sons. He prophesied over his sons. And he prophesied also over Benjamin. And interesting what he prophesied. Get your Bible. Genesis 49 verse 27. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he devours the prey. And in the evening he divides his spoil. Interesting, this is a prophecy about the posterity. That means all those who come after Benjamin. He saw it. Now one of these ravenous wolves was another soul, the soul in the New Testament, the soul in the Old Testament, and the soul in the New Testament. Saul took some letters from the high priest because he heard the church has has spread even to Damascus. And he took some letters. Interesting. You know, you know the, the high priest was a Sadducee. And Saul was a Pharisee. And the Pharisee in their teaching were against each other because the Sadducees didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in, in angels. But the Sadducees, they were very clear, sticking to the word they wanted to have the word of God. And he took letters from the Sadducean high priest. That he, if he would find people somewhere, the people of the way. What way is it? One way. You, you remember the, the Jesus people, yes? Anybody remembers the Jesus people? Lift up your hand. Now, what was their sign? 
There was this sign. One way. And these young people then experience the Lord so powerful. There is no way in for peace and drugs and all the things they tried. But there's one way. Hallelujah. And you know who was the first one who baptized these young ex-hippies and now Jesus' people. It was Chuck Smith in California in Anaheim. In 81, we were there as a group of pastors and visited some churches in America. And I was there and I bought a Bible there from that bookstore they had in the church, but has fallen apart. And he told us what God has done. Hallelujah. It went through all the Christian magazines then. These so-called one-way people, one-way Jesus. And now that's the way all the people, the church was on. That if you would find some of the way, people of the way, hallelujah. And that was the only way, Jesus Christ. So he had all these authority papers and letters with him. And he knew there in Damascus is something going on. There are many Christians. And he wanted to go to that place. And he had a mind to lead him or actually get some handcuffs on them and lead him to Jerusalem before the high priest. In order perhaps to condemn him to death of a martyr or so. We see here, he did it in ignorance, the Bible says us. And there was a prayer still resounding, I believe, then. The prayer of Stephen, Acts chapter 7, 66, then falling on his knees. He cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Saul heard this prayer too. And this prayer was still in his heart. How can this young man pray this way? Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And there was something in his heart. He couldn't get rid of it. And the more he tried to persecute the church, the stronger it became in his heart. Hallelujah. Jesus has a way to get anyone. Hallelujah. And if you pray for somebody, you would say, everything is lost. I have no hope for this man or this person. Don't give up. Pray. Hallelujah. Your prayers will be answered. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we want to be a prayer-conditioned church better than an air-conditioned church. You know, an air-conditioned church could be sometimes very cold, especially if you are like men, like me. I like it warm. That's why I'm here in Australia. We have such a wonderful, good weather here in Australia. Don't we have that? Yes, hallelujah. Now Saul, he was on his way on a so-called mission to destroy the church. But Jesus is the head of the church. And he knows everybody. And we have got 
a few people in this church who came to the Lord because their wives were praying for them. Hallelujah. And they didn't give up. They didn't give up. And one day they came to the Lord and even to the front giving their lives to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now Saul was all of a sudden put in the light as he was shortly before Damascus with all his people who were with him. There was a light shining from heaven very strongly, a bright light. And we read in verse 3 very clearly. Let's read it again. As he was traveling, it happened that he was approaching Damascus and suddenly, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. God can get you in his light. In his limelight. I'm not talking about limelight to be a great star or so. No, when God takes you in his light, then he sees and you will see everything clear. Hallelujah. There is nowhere to escape because the light from heaven comes directly from above onto you. There is no shadow. You can flee into you. And that's the way it is when we all stand before the Lord. There's total light. and There's nothing you can hide from God anymore. There's no shadow. There's nothing. There's light. And all of a sudden you stand before God revealed for everyone, especially for God to see. How would you like it if I would be able to do it, but I can't? If I would have a, a gadget or whatever, you know, and I could shine at your brain, at your face, and all of a sudden here on the screen, everything of your life would be revealed. I think I would run out. Anybody else who would run out with me? Hallelujah. I look at all these people. Yes, they all would run out with me. But then it was here. Saul was all of a sudden uh, surrounded by a life and it shone at him, at him. And it was suddenly. Things of God will happen often very suddenly. Suddenly, the Lord will come as we read in Malachi chapter 3 verse 9, verse, uh, verse 1. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The Lord will come suddenly. You know, I know when the Lord comes. Do you know that? Oh, should I tell you? Yes? Do you want to know when the Lord comes? At a moment where you don't think about. Then he will come. That's what the Bible says. So he is coming soon. Also, at the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. Suddenly there was, or there came, a wind from heaven, a noise like a rushing wind. It was suddenly. Hallelujah. And the Lord is coming again. Suddenly, when you don't think about it, then all of a sudden, He was there. I could imagine 
Saul, as he was approaching Damascus, he thought, now I will lead a lot of people back to Jerusalem. And perhaps his uh, fame would grow in Jerusalem even more. Look at this young Pharisee, how keen he is doing the work of our forefathers. The Bible speaks very clearly in Matthew 24, 44. For this reason you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Interesting. I found out many Christians, they are waiting for the appearing of the Antichrist. I'm not. Whom are you waiting for? I'm waiting for Jesus. Amen? He is coming. Now, why are they so interested in the Antichrist? Do they want to worship him? No. There's a pattern of thoughts behind. Okay, as soon as the Antichrist appears, uh then we have no much time anymore. That means then we can calculate certainly three and a half years later, you know. And then we can calculate the Lord is coming. You have to be prepared, ready at any moment. Even if the Lord would come now or the next second, you must be prepared. If you're not prepared, you will miss out. That's why Jesus said here that we should be prepared. He will come suddenly. Suddenly. Now, Saul, he saw himself in the light. He was blinded. He didn't see anything, but there was a voice speaking to him, similar as it was with Moses in chapter 3 of Exodus. He saw this bush burning. There was light, there was fire. And he wanted to see because, interesting, the bush didn't burn up. The bush didn't burn up and he went there to see a little bit closer what is going on here. Why is that burning up? And all of a sudden, he heard a voice speaking out of that fire. He heard a voice of God. Moses, take off your shoes. The land you are stepping on is holy ground. Do you know, when we deal with the Bible, when we deal with God, we are standing or sitting on holy ground. Hallelujah. If everybody would understand, it's no time to play with God. It's holy ground. And Moses stood still and he heard the voice of God. Similar here with Saul. He didn't see anything, but he heard the voice. And the voice was this. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Was he persecuting Jesus? And he said, Lord, who are you? I am Jesus. Whatever we do to the church, remember, we do it to Jesus. We do it 
to Jesus. You can't hurt the church without hurting Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? That means, Lord, whatever to happen to us as a church, whether here in the free Western world or perhaps under communist or Islamic rules where Christians are suffering horrible things. One thing is for sure, and they know whatever, whatever they do to us, they do it to Jesus. Hallelujah. And I get always this magazine from the Barnabas Fund. Anybody knows that? Read it. Read it. And then you understand how much many Christian brothers and sisters go through in this world, in this time. And the martyrs of our days are far, far more than the martyrs perhaps 100 years or 200 or 300 years or perhaps 2,000 years ago. Many, many have been martyred and are being martyred. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting you, me? And Saul was falling on his ground. He humbled himself before God. As I said, whatever we do to the church, we do it to Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It's so important to know. Now, how do we know, how do we know that in Matthew chapter 25? Can we read verse 37, a few verses down? Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when did we see you, a stranger, and inviting you in, or naked, and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison, and come to you. The Lord will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to, that, to the extreme, that you did to one of, the, of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, you do it to Jesus. If you give a friendly word to a brother or sister in order to encourage them in their life, it is done to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's done to Jesus. It should not in any way too hard for us to bless a brother or bless a sister. You have done it to Jesus. Or give somebody something to eat. Now at the same time, God was speaking while perhaps this Saul was lying on the floor. He couldn't see, but heard the voice perhaps at the same time. And that's a wonderful thing. God can listen to a thousand prayers at the same time. Amen? Hallelujah. And he can speak to thousands of people at the same time, not when a preacher preaches to thousands of people. I don't mean that. 
But at the same time, when you pray, God is doing something. It's not our work. If we pray, God is working. Hallelujah. And you say, well, I, I can't see anything. Just keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. And this person you are praying for, he or she will come to the Lord. Amen? So, Saul was lying in the dust before Damascus. And Jesus spoke then to, to somebody. And he spoke to that obedient servant of God, Ananias. And he spoke to him, and we can read verse 11, and the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. Isn't it interesting? Saul was going on, on some crooked ways. But now he said, go onto the street that is called Straight. He called him to the straight way. And we know who the straight way is, yes? Of course, this was a straight in Damascus, perhaps, a very famous straight um, um, street. And there was a disciple. His name was Ananias. Jesus introduced Saul to Ananias and said, Go there, and there's a man in the house of Judas, and his name is Saul. Oh, Lord. Perhaps, Lord, is it that Saul from Tarsus? And the Lord introduced Saul unto him and said, well, go there. And we read in verse 13, but don't have a but if God calls you something to do. Amen? What should we say? Yes, Lord. But there are so many but Christians. Say, but Lord, you, you, you don't know the story of this man. Don't I? I've heard from many what he has done to the saints in Jerusalem. And now he is coming here to do the same thing. You don't have to introduce the Lord to anyone. Amen? You don't have to tell him, Lord, this man is a bad man or whatever. Don't, don't, don't. Pray for him. Because the interesting thing, when Jesus was talking to him and the last word he said, he is what? What was he doing? This man, he is praying. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be nice? if we could see, if you praise for, for somebody, the development which you can't see. But don't you worry, leave it up to the Lord. He sees of whether this person is praying or not. But certainly his work, or his word, will work on that heart. Hallelujah. Wonderful to hear all your testimonies. You know, these people who came to the Lord or prayed to the Lord through the word and the testimony you gave to them. Yes, Lord, I've heard from many about him. We don't have to tell the Lord anything. 
Prayer is not telling the Lord anything about anyone. Amen? Prayer is speaking to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's so important. Now, and he's told also, Ananias, this man, let me say, that is there on the ground, but in the meantime he was already in the straight street. This man, he has seen a vision. It's a wonderful, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Do we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit nowadays? Yes or no? Yes. Yes, and Paul said, we should see for the best, most effective gifts. So for the building up of the church, Hallelujah. And if anybody is here who has a gift from the Lord, may it be a prophecy or a tongue with interpretation or any other gift. Ask the Lord, Lord, cleanse me that I might be able in the congregation operate in these gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's important. I'm longing for them. Anybody else longing for the gifts of the Spirit operating in the church? Hallelujah. Now you can't lift up your hand if you're not praying for it. We must pray for it. Hallelujah. Now, and he has seen in a vision and the name for of this man who would come to Saul was also given to him. Hallelujah. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. So the things were now sealed. Everything is okay. The name of Saul is known to Ananias. The name of Ananias is now known to Saul. But Ananias answered, don't become a but Christian. Become a yes Christian. Yes, Lord. Yes, I will do what you told me. You know, in verse 14, we read it here, what he wanted to tell the Lord. And here he has authority from the high, from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So, there was his but. He has authority. And the Lord said, but the Lord said to him, go for, he is a chosen instrument for me. Hallelujah even if you can't get these things together in your mind, according to what you see in your mind, it doesn't add up. Two and two is not four. In your mind, it's perhaps five or whatever. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. God has a plan. Jesus says, He is a chosen instrument for me. Isn't it wonderful? And God has chosen him for a number of things. And also, verse 16, 
I know many Christians don't like this verse 15. Verse 15, what does it say? But the Lord said to him, go forth. He's a chosen instrument of mine. And 16, for I will show him how much he must, what? What? Suffer. Okay. Is the Lord fair or not? The Lord is fair, amen. But it's not the way to say, well, Saul is going to suffer too. Because what he has done to all the Christians in Jerusalem, he is getting also his part. No, 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 don't do that. It is God's part. And Saul suffered a lot. And if you read his letters, what he was suffering for the namesake of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, finally, Ananias was happy. And we read, and he went. And he went and laid his hands. Verse 70. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, Brother Saul, do you feel what is in this word? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who would rejoice if who is the, the hardest atheist in this world? Dawkins, isn't it? What would you think if Dawkins would come to you my dear brother James, during your street witnessing, and would say, I have seen the light now. I know there is a God. What would you say? Brother Dawkins. Brother Dawkins. Oh, hallelujah. Don't give up on anyone, and God has a plan for everybody to come to salvation, and if they don't, then they have missed their chance. But pray. And he came in and laid his hand on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord whom you met on the way here, you came. He said to me, I should pray for you that you will regain your sight again and that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That means, in other words, Saul was to become a real, genuine, Pentecostal man. Amen? Hallelujah. And that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul. Interesting how God does it. How many years or months was he blind? And why was he blind? I don't know. But it's interesting. God made him blind for three days. Perhaps to check out whether this soul means it genuinely with God. I don't know. I didn't make him blind. But interesting. Similar to Joseph, when he was in Egypt, and all his brothers came to him. And there was one brother 
who should be brought to. Who was that? Who was it? Benjamin. And Joseph asked, is, is your father still alive? And Benjamin, can you bring him? So, and he kept all these people his brothers were. Did he show them the desert and they were chasing through the desert on camels or so? No. He put them where? Into prison for three days. Interesting. He put him into prison for, the, for three days because he was accusing them, you are spies. And now I'm going to test you. And you put him in prison in a dark prison for three days. And we read it there in Genesis chapter 42, verse 17. So he put them together in prison for three days. These three days of blindness of soul was a time where he perhaps had nobody speaking to him. He was here alone before God. Now, the day came when Ananias arrived. He laid his hand on him and he regained his sight again. I can see. Now he had a testimony like the blind born in chapter 9 of John. Once I know I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. And that's why I like that wonderful hymn, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Once I was lost, but now I'm was blind and now I, now I see. Hallelujah. He could see. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit as well. And then he got baptized. A real genuine conversionist, confessing your sins before God, repenting and believing in Jesus Christ and being baptized in water. He got, got baptized. And then, when we follow through his life, there's perhaps more in future to be said about this man. But he said something. Remember the Old Testament Saul, he lost his kingdom and his crown. And there's a church in the seven churches in Revelation, one church, which church was it? The church at Smyrna. And nobody said, let nobody rob your crown. And Paul, he was encouraging young Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. And I want to read here, perhaps from 7 on. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. 
in the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. He kept the crown. And he says here, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearance. Are you or do you love his appearance? Jesus is coming soon. Be prepared. He might come suddenly at a moment you don't think of. Hallelujah. This crown is still there. There is a crown for you at his coming. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you and everyone this morning. Make it right with Jesus. Follow him all the way through, even through hard times, even if it would be darkness like it was for Saul for three days. But he kept through. Hallelujah. And that's God, God making a chosen instrument. Hallelujah. God is making chosen instruments this morning too. Can he use you? Do you want to be used by the Lord? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done in Saul's life. And he became a new man, Lord, in knowing further on as Paul, the, the apostle to the Gentiles. And we thank you for everything, Lord, you gave him that he could read or write to the churches. And we can read it, O Lord. We thank you. And I pray, Lord, perhaps you have somebody here this morning as well. You want to make him a chosen instrument for you. Do it, Lord. Do it. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.